When you can love yourself, you can be free to love others. And when we can teach a woman how to value who God has created her to be, then we can begin to value each other. Welcome to the Jesus Calling Podcast. Today's guests are women who have seen the impact of bringing love and intention to our relationships with others, especially with our friends. The women of TBN's Better Together, Lori Crouch, Victoria Osteen, and Dee Dee Freeman, and novelist Rachel Hauck. Better Together is a new program on TBN made by women for women. Their goal is to build a community of women committed to doing life together and making the world a better place. Today, a few members of the Better Together team share why it's not only important to seek friendship with those who share different experiences from us, but how we can create common ground by reading the Bible together, praying together, or sharing a devotional like Jesus Calling. I'm Dr. Dee Dee Freeman. I am married to Michael Freeman. We are the pastors of Spirit of Faith Christian Center. We have been pastoring for 25 years now, and I'm also a part of the Better Together team. I'm Victoria Osteen, and my husband and I, Joel, we've been pastoring for 20 years. Our ministry is celebrating our 60th year. He's, we started the ministry with his mother and father. They started the ministry, not we. We weren't born yet. <laughs> they started the ministry 60 years ago, and it's when uh, Joel's father passed away, God led us to you know, step up and be senior pastors of the church. So. I am so honored and privileged to be a part of Better Together. This community of women that you've created, Lori, is phenomenal. Well, my name is Lori Crouch. Thank you, Victoria. <laughs> um, my husband and I, Matthew, uh, lead the Trinity Broadcasting family of networks around the world. And I am part of the Better Together team right here. And Better Together has been something that brings us all, all together. It's so interesting because this group of Better Together is different ages, different backgrounds, different experiences. Some people were raised in church. Yeah. Some people were not. Didi, you weren't raised in church. No, not at all. And now God has got you on this path where you and your husband it's are amazing. just preaching the good news. And so what I love about this community is to not only meet new women that I haven't met, but really uh, gleaning from them yeah, totally. and their experience. And I think as women, that's one of the most important things that we can do is to be open, open-minded to one another. You know, so often the stereotype is that we just kind of judge one another. We sum one another up. We're, we're really not for each other. But I, I think that's, that's in the past. That's yeah, the I think this new generation and, and new, new happening that's happening among women is we're realizing that we're better together. Yeah. We're realizing that when, when I encourage you, mm. it encourages me. Yeah. Yes. We can all get together and learn so much from each other. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I think one of the biggest lies that the enemy put in the church is what we have taken from the world to say that women can't get along, but we can get along. We can be here for one another. We can encourage each other. There are so many times when we come together as a community of women with a common purpose. You know, we get the joys of working together on a shared mission, but there's always, of course, that potential, you know, when you have people from all different walks of life, you know, that we're not always going to agree. As women, we need to open our hearts and be, be the one who uh, is the peacemaker. Mm -hmm. And I think when we get practice overlooking an offense, yeah. 
we're going to be so much better off as women, as mothers, as sisters, as wives. So I believe that sometimes it's too easy to just take an offense. That's true. Right. I have so many women, you know, in our ministry, and I have to be sensitive enough to know that there are some things that they haven't been raised in, that their environment has shaped them to be totally different than I am. I cannot, um, you know, automatically come and just force my beliefs or my opinions or my ideas of how this whole community should look. And when you hear someone's story, their challenge, what they've been through, it, it, it causes you to understand that person better. And I really, when I hear stories, I think to myself, wow, you know, you've just shown me something about myself mm, even. Mm. Even if I hadn't been through that, somehow God always mirrors back something in your own life. I believe that, you know, the diversity of all of how we are really is a representation of what Christ is. Yeah. And so we have to learn how to come together, bring our differences together and really share and look like what God intended for us to look like. You don't always have to be right. And sometimes saving friendships and those close to you, it's not about being right all the time. You don't have to be right, we're different, but find common ground. Yes. You know, we can agree to disagree, but if we find common ground, mm -hmm. what is that mm -hmm. common ground? Mm -hmm. Respect. Right. You know, I think it's so important to find people that, that you can pray with and that can agree with you to, to lift each other up. I mean, how many times have, uh, have even Victoria and I been together in times where, man, I just had to tell her something you know, and I knew she was the one to talk to because I knew what she was going to give mm -hmm, me back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She was going to encourage me. She was going to pray right then and there. I knew it was coming mm -hmm. and I needed it, you know, mm -hmm. and Didi, the same thing with her. Just going through stuff in, in your life, you've got to surround yourself with people that are filled with the Holy Spirit, that love God, mm -hmm. that that aren't going to bring you down. Absolutely. You know, the beauty in all of our relationships is that, you know, we truly love one another. If women knew their worth, if they really understood the, their value in the eyes of God. Yes. And that's where it starts. It's not in the eyes of man, yeah. but it's in the eyes of God. Mm -hmm. I believe we tap into a superpower as women we need each other, and one reason we need each other is because we're talkers. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, I know I've been talking to my husband before, and about 10 minutes later, I see these eyes just glaze glazing over. over. <laughs> because you're not wired like right. we are. Right. So to have women who you can hold in confidence <laughs> and really trust is such a gift yeah. and worth looking for. Yes. You know, even doing Bible studies yeah. together mm -hmm. and just mm -hmm. coming together and mm -hmm. just having that mm -hmm. girl talk, chit chat, confidence time, you know, to confide in one another is just so important. When my son was going off to college, I had worked to prepare, you know, all, everything that we were going to take, his room and all, you know, what I was going to put in it. And he didn't really care, but I did. And so I remember when the time approached, I was all prepared to take him, but I had such a, you know, a nervous, anxious feeling because I thought, I don't want my son. I just, it's hard to release him out into the world. So the Saturday that a friend of mine and I we're going to take both of our sons to college. They were actually going to room together, and we'd been preparing all this together. 
I got up extra early because I knew I just had to spend time with God. I was just like, I, I don't, I don't want to show him I'm anxious. Settle your soul. I just want to settle my soul. So yeah. I got up and I prayed and I was just talking to the Lord and I, I just felt like He spoke to me and He began to talk to me about the essentials of faith mm -hmm. and how faith is those things that are not yet seen. Mm -hmm. That that's what faith is. It's believing in something we haven't yet seen. And then I felt like He just impressed on my heart, just watch and see what I can do. Mm -hmm. And so I was writing this down in my journal and knowing my friend was as anxious as I was, <laughs> I texted to her and I said, I've got up early and I told her the story and this is what God said. Well, immediately she shot a text back to me and she had been reading in Jesus Calling. Oh, wow. And the, the, the one that she had read talked about releasing your children to God. It said, don't keep them in your clinging hands. You know, you've got to be able to release them to God. And then it went on to say, watch to see what I can do. Mm -hmm. And so it was as if that Jesus calling not only confirmed that watch and see to me, mm -hmm. but it also confirmed to her that God was right there with us. Right, right. And so it has become our, our like, a banner of victory, we'll say, watch and see what God will do. And so just through this beautiful Jesus calling gave us so much confirmation yeah. that God does speak to us as individuals and He can confirm His Word through, through devotionals yes. and through His Word. So it was just such a comfort and such an exciting time for, he, for me. He cares more than we do. I think that's so sweet because you know, God speaks to us on so many different levels and in so many different ways at the right time. At the right time, yeah. It was such a confirmation that yeah. God was in this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He had our sons in the palm of His hand mm -hmm. and that He was going to be faithful to all of our prayers. And so it's interesting that you ever get those slogans. So that's now one of our slogans, just what? watch to see what God can do. God's always faithful yes. always when faithful. we seek Him. and. And it's great to have girlfriends. Mm -hmm. It's great to talk to girlfriends. But you know what? We've got to learn to really talk to God. And that's what I love about this Jesus calling yeah. is it really gives you a, feels like you're in a relationship mm -hmm. with God because she's talking from that point of view and giving you the heart of the Father. And I, I think that's so powerful to really understand the Father's heart. My father was a loving and caring, you know, dad, present. Um, took care of us, raised all of us. My parents have been married for 65 years this wow. year. Wow, that's I mean, beautiful. living, doing very well. So I had a great father, you know, in that regard, but I didn't see a godfather. Mm. You, you understand? I, I had a father that loved me, which was good because when I received Jesus, now I knew if my natural father mm -hmm. would give me good things, yeah. how much more, <laughs> much more would my heavenly father give me? But I wasn't raised in a Christian home, a Christian environment, so I didn't know how to function in certain things. You know, what about believing God? No, I didn't understand how to believe God and to love people people and to transition and to walk in forgiveness and, you know, all of the things that we as believers are supposed to demonstrate because I wasn't taught that growing up. Mm. So that's why devotionals and friendships and looking at other people and how they are, you know, navigating this journey of faith is so important. And gleaning off of not only us three sitting here, but the different generations of, of the girls and the young girls in our lives and just gleaning off of every season 
every relationship um, that we have is, is a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. No, it is. You're right. It's a beautiful thing, you know. Um, we can glean from one another, and it's, it's, it's great. And that's why, again, like Victoria said, Sarah, you know, in this devotional, it is so beautiful because even though you may not have friends in your life, you can pick this book up yes. and you can read it and hear the heart of the Father. Because there's no friend like Jesus. There's no friend like Jesus. <laughs> you know, here's... Um, a passage from Jesus Calling that I think is really applicable to, you know, what we're talking about today. And it's from September the 5th. And I want to read it right now. Is that okay? Yeah. All right, great. Friendship I offer you is practical and down to earth, yet it is saturated with heavenly glory. Living in my presence means living in two realms simultaneously the visible world and unseen, eternal reality. I have equipped you to stay conscious of me while walking along dusty earthbound paths. Mm. It's a great beautiful? devotion. There's no one like Jesus. There's no one like <laughs> Jesus. You know, just knowing that God is with us. Yeah. Knowing that I love the way she uses, you know, that walking along dusty, earthbound paths. I mean, because that's, we are bound by this earth. That's true. But we're not bound in Jesus. Mm -hmm, yeah. You know, we can experience His heavenly glories, mm -hmm. His sweet, uh, beautiful joy and love for us as we, you know, just walk through the scriptures, walk through this devotional. I don't know, it just, it just opens your heart in a new way, doesn't it? Together we will face whatever each day brings pleasure, hardships, adventures, and disappointments. So it's all going to come. And just to know that Jesus is with us every day. There's just a, a reminder of this every day is what I need. I need to, to hear this every day. This helps me. And this is what we should be seeding inside of each other every day. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful thing. I love that. I mean, that's the beauty in having relationships yeah. and having those friendships. I love that, you know, you can hear scriptures all your life. You can you can read a scripture a hundred times, but sometimes a friend or someone close to you can read it to you and bring out something that you have never, never mm -hmm. thought of. And I think it's so important that women encourage and uplift each other in the Lord. And so what we try to model each day in our friendships and our relationships is how to be a good friend, yes. how to um, encourage in the Lord, how to be vulnerable. I believe God is so awesome with, you know, the creativity of how He made us so unique, if you yeah. will, to bring our strengths and our talents together to make the whole picture of what God truly, you know, looks like. You can catch the latest episodes of Better Together and learn how you can watch upcoming episodes at tbn.org. Stay tuned for our interview with novelist Rachel Hauk after a brief message about the new Jesus Calling weekly prayer call. Did you know that Sarah Young, the author of Jesus Calling, prays for her readers each day? In that spirit, we want to extend the Jesus Calling prayer community out to you in a more personal way. 
Each Tuesday morning, you can dial into the Jesus Calling weekly prayer call, where the team from Jesus Calling and special guests will minister to us during a 10-minute call to reflect on that day's passage from Jesus Calling, read scripture references, and pray together for each other and our world. Prayer call times are 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Central, 6 a.m. Mountain, and 5 a.m. Pacific, and are for U.S. only. For more information on the Jesus Calling weekly prayer call or to submit prayer requests, please visit jesuscalling.com slash prayer dash call. Again, to join us in this community of prayer every Tuesday morning, please visit jesuscalling.com slash prayer dash call. Motherhood. It's a journey like no other, teeming with love, unparalleled dedication, and moments that pierce the very essence of your soul. It's a trek that demands to be celebrated, lauded, and embraced in its entirety. Celebrate the moms in your life this Mother's Day with two beautiful gift books, Jesus Calling for Moms by Sarah Young and Grace for the Moment for Moms by Max Licato. These heartfelt devotionals will remind the moms in your life just how special they are. Jesus Calling for Moms and Grace for the Moment for Moms are available now where all books are sold. During times of transition and unknown next steps, it's more important than ever to cling to the promises of God and to tune your ear to what Jesus has to say. Jesus Calling for Graduates is an encouraging compilation of 150 devotions from Sarah Young's brand. Grads will find topics such as discerning God's will, self-worth, trust, support, and much more. Jesus Calling for Graduates is perfect for both high school and college graduates as they embark on the next chapter. Look for our special custom edition of Jesus Calling for Graduates, available exclusively at faithgateway.com. Rachel Hauk has always loved words. She's a gifted storyteller who weaves love and inspiration into each novel she writes. Rachel talks about what fostered her love for writing and how growing in her relationship with God inspired her to tell stories of love to the world. Hi everyone, I'm Rachel Hauk. I live in Central Florida and I'm a full-time author. I write novels. I'm also a worship leader, a wife, and a feeder of a cat. <laughs> I like to call myself a transplanted Yankee. Um, my, I was born in Ohio, but then my dad and mom moved us out to Oklahoma in the mid-60s. They were um, impacted by the charismatic movement of the middle 60s, and so my dad went to ORU for a while, and then we moved to, Asbury, to Lexington, Kentucky, where he went to Asbury Seminary. So I, I'm kind of a Sooner Buckeye wildcat. <laughs> and then in the early 70s, uh, that when kind of the non-denominational movement was um, developing and um, people were saying, what are we going to do with all these Jesus movement kids? Well, we moved to, to me, the end of the world, Homestead, Florida. So it just felt like from Kentucky to south of Miami was just uh, to a 14 year old was like, oh, I've, I've left civilization. We moved to Tallahassee and then I ended up at Ohio State and that's where I graduated from. The Lord was always an integral part of our life. I got saved when I was six years old. So I've always known His presence in my life. And it's weird sometimes to think about that not being there. Like, I don't know what that feels like. My dad was an architect, but he was also a lay pastor. So I, as a child and as a teenager, I saw a lot of that Christian leadership, pastoral stuff up front. And while I had a relatively good experience, I didn't necessarily always like being 
in the eye of the, of the church, you know, that fishbowl that the leadership spouses or children get in. And my parents did a very good job of allowing us to be who we were. But I do remember this. After I graduated and I was back home in Tallahassee and I was kind of waiting on the Lord to direct my life and tell me where to go next and put me in that career job, I was driving down the road and I said, Lord, I want to marry a pastor or a farmer. I don't know why I said that. It just came out. And so I I end up marrying a pastor, which surprised me in a lot of ways. And his middle name is George, which means farmer. So it's just kind of really funny that God goes, okay, you can do both. I loved reading since I was a kid. So I can remember getting the, the books in third and fourth grade. They had those little paperback books that they would bring around to the classroom. And I think you could get them for either from the library. They were really cheap. I love the smell of them. So I think it was first kind of a sensory thing. I love the smell of books. And then I just just love story. I would check out biographies. So I always loved reading about people. And I don't necessarily call myself a creative. I don't think of myself as as a super creative type. But at the same time, I had pretend friends, you know, I dated Donnie Osmond, little does he know. So like I, I had that imaginary world that I lived in and I would just go in my room and read and I was very impacted, like I said, by biographies, but the Laura Ingalls Wilder Little House series, I devoured those books and I, dev- I just loved her life. And I think I really related to her for some reason. I felt a kinship with Laura Ingalls Wilder. So I just think books were always a part of it, but the writing part came in as young as first grade. I had a diary in first grade and I would I wrote in it. And I started keeping journals and diaries from really consistently on a consistent basis from like fourth grade on. And so I was always writing things. It was the way that I communicated, the way that I expressed myself to myself or to other people. But I wrote a poem in fourth grade and it was really good. I can't, it was about Santa Claus. I don't have it. I don't, can't remember anything about it. But the outcome of that was my father coming to me and going, Rachel, you're a talented writer. You need to be a writer. And from that point on, all of my conversations with my father about my future were involved writing. He wanted me to be a writer. He would tell me I was a writer. And when I went to Ohio State, and he was also an Ohio State grad, he said, major in journalism, you know, learn the discipline of writing and then you can get a job until you figure out really what you want to do. So I didn't think I could write novels. I, I That was such an intimidating thing to think about writing a novel. And back then in the 80s, you had to go through New York. There wasn't a lot of Christian publishing at the time. And the idea of going to an agent or all of those steel doors to get a book published just seemed so intimidating. But um, the Lord began to move in my life after I got married and and one thing led to another. And, you know, here I am like four, 20 years later. <laughs> love isn't everything. Is there any story where there's not a love angle, be it parental or sibling or friendship? And I didn't directly set out to write romance, but there's always some kind of love story in almost every story that we read. But it's just kind of me. It's how I flow. It's how I communicate. I love a good rom-com. I, I love love stories. Everything. Everybody wins in a love story, and God is love. And so about the time I really started going into full-time writing, I was also on this journey of understanding this amazing love story in Scripture, and I think it just kind of spilled over into my writing and into my life. 
One of the things I love about Jesus Calling is how Sarah just distills the voice of the Lord. Everything she's written is rooted and grounded in Scripture. And she just takes it and puts it in this language that's like, I'm talking to you. And I think a lot of people need that. They read Scripture, and it seems like academic. Like, here's the formal things that Jesus said. And if we watch too many 70 Jesus movies, it's all in a British accent. And so I feel like what she has taken is the word and she's distilled it down into something that really does communicate to our heart. And several of her devotionals have hit me right where I live, right, right when I needed them. This is the one that I love. And I feel like this is just me. Every time I read it, this is me. This is August 21st. Wait with me for a while. I have much to tell you. You are walking along the path I have chosen for you. It is both a privileged and a perilous way, experiencing my glorious presence and heralding that reality to others. Sometimes you feel presumptuous to be carrying out such an assignment. Do not worry about what other people think of you. The work I am doing in you is hidden at first, but eventually blossoms forth, and an abundant fruit will be born. Stay on the path of life with me. Trust me wholeheartedly, letting my spirit fill you with joy and peace. That is like speaking to me today that this is this is my life. <laughs> she like read my mind. As Rachel began to understand God's amazing love story told through scripture, she started to write about love in a way that has captured hearts all over the world. Recently, one of her books called Once Upon a Prince was made into a Hallmark movie, right when a real-life royal couple decided they would tie the knot. Once Upon a Prince played on the Hallmark Channel April 7th, so about six weeks before Prince Harry married Meghan Markle. So I thought that was just a really cool timing for me to kind of ride on the coattails of that. But we went out to set, my husband and I, we were actually in the movie, we're in the ballroom scene, and I had hair and makeup and a costume and my own trailer. I was not prepared for the emotion that I would feel seeing this story that I sat in my office by myself, wrote by myself, pulled everything out of my heart and my head by myself and thinking, okay, this book is going to end my career. No one's going to like it. It was the book that came out after the wedding dress, which is my biggest success to date. And you know, just all of the doubts that you have to deal with, praying, asking the Lord for help. And then you go on set and here's like 60 people and 90 extras making this whole thing come alive and people writing script and someone writing a score to it. It just, oh, it was crazy. It was really emotional. I just, I was overwhelmed. I couldn't believe it. It was fantastic. I feel like I'm abundantly blessed because I know that I'm doing what God called me and made me to do. And I know that's a struggle for a lot of people. And so I feel I'm just like, God, how did I stumble into this that I'm actually doing this thing that you called me to do? And I, I feel so blessed and humbled in a lot of ways by it. And not every day is cake. There are days when I'm like, what else can I do for a living? You know, it's, it's still that journey. But when you're confident that you're doing the thing that God designed you to do, then you can endure the hard times or the disappointments or the ups and the downs. You can get Rachel's latest book, The Memory House, at your favorite book retailer today. If you'd like to hear more stories about women using their talents to glorify their relationships with God and others, check out our interview with Candace Cameron Bure. Next time on the Jesus Calling Podcast, we talk with author, minister, and actress Priscilla Shire. In the last few years, Priscilla has looked around at our social media-saturated world and noticed a startling trend. 
we've allowed ourselves to find our value in others' opinions of us. Each and every one of us have to decide who or what we're going to give permission to identify us, to label us, to name us. And so many of us find our significance in things outside of eternal things. And see, that's the problem is that they're temporal. Only the person who made you has the right to give you your label and the right to determine your significance. Do you love hearing these stories of faith weekly from people like you whose lives have been changed by a closer walk with God? Then be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Calling Stories of Faith podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a review so that we can reach others with these inspirational stories. And you can also see these interviews on video as part of our original web series, with a new interview premiering every other Sunday on Facebook Live. Find previously broadcast interviews on our YouTube channel on IGTV or on JesusCalling.com slash video.